You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. That's right, everyone. Welcome to Screening in Kingston, a new show on CFRC that will be here weekly Tuesdays from 3 p.m. till 4 p.m. This show is going to be about movies. I'm going to have special guests join me every single week. I'm going to have a co-host that will work with me in the second half, generally, of the program, talking about films and movies that are coming to the screening room. So if you don't know what the screening room is, I, uh, I'll talk a little bit about that first. So the screening room is an independent movie theater that is downtown in Kingston. It's the only downtown movie theater that's actually left, um, as the old uh, Empire Theater, now called Landmark, has moved out um, to out of the downtown area. So the screening room is, is really a great way to catch a movie if you live downtown or you're a Queens student or you go to high school um, downtown and don't have uh, general access to rides or anything like that to get out to some of the other theaters. Um, it also, what's really interesting about it, um, I, I know Wendy, who is the owner and manager of, of the theater, and what's really great is that she does a great job of bringing movies and films to Kingston that you might not be able to see elsewhere. Some movies that um, are up for huge uh, Oscar awards or are often independent movies that do the film uh, festival circuits, they don't always come to the bigger theaters. So Cineplex or Landmark might not actually get um, one of these movies and Wendy does a great job of bringing independent films here um, getting to see some of the smaller budget movies that you might not be able to see elsewhere so this show is really going to focus on the screening room uh, each week I'm going to have a co-host um, who we're going to introduce a little bit later in the show um, her and I will talk back and forth about movies uh, about the films that come to the screening room we'll both see sometimes the same movie sometimes we'll split off and see different movies and just explain and discuss them with each other um, but it's this show is really a chance for you uh, the listener to hear about some movies that you might not actually go to um initially but maybe because of this show uh you want to go check it out and you want to give it a shot um which if that happens if a couple people just go to see movies because of our recommendations or even if they completely disagree and if we don't like a movie you want to go see if uh if you agree that's awesome too um and that kind of gets me to the main i guess thesis for the show or at least i'll say the main way we're going to be approaching everything Everything I say here, everything I talk about in terms of movies is just my opinion. We will get into some facts, like we'll talk about, as I said, industry news, and we'll talk a little bit about things going on in the film industry right now and update on sort of like a news portion of each show. But for the most part, when talking about films and when talking about reviews of movies, it is 100% an opinion that is being given. Now, I'm going to present that opinion in a strong way. I might say things like, I think The Notebook is a terrible movie. I might say that. Um, I might just say The Notebook is a terrible movie. Regardless of how I word it, um, and sometimes when you are in discussion with someone else, you aren't always as careful 
with adding I think or I feel in there. Um, I want everyone to know right off the bat, this is a show that is based on opinions. Movies are pieces of art. They're pieces of entertainment. And I just truly believe that art and entertainment are subjective. There isn't a right or wrong. There isn't a, um, a person's opinion that uh, is the correct one. And everyone who doesn't agree with that um, is, you know, there's something wrong with them. I don't believe that whatsoever. I believe that my opinion is no more right or wrong than anybody else's. And I completely respect if somebody else has an opinion that's different than mine. Uh, but I'm that doesn't mean I'm not... That doesn't mean I'm going to change my opinion. Um, we might come out of discussions, myself and my co-host or myself and guests, and completely disagree, but it's going to be done in a respectful way. And that's the main thing that I want to get across with this show. I'm going to respect every guest that comes on here. I hope people will respond in the same way. Um, but this show is going to be very interactive. I want your involvement. I'll get to that near the end of this show is how you can be involved. But we're going to be taking your questions. We're going to be taking your comments. We're going to talk about them on this show all the time because I love talking about movies. I like nothing more than doing that. So that gives you a little idea of what to expect uh, each week on the show. It's an hour long, so about a half hour of the show each week will be dedicated to just reviewing the movies that we've seen at the screening room each week, myself and my co-host, um, who I'll introduce uh, just in a few minutes. Um, but other than that, as I said, I want to get into movie news and industry news as well because I feel like there isn't an outlet for that really in, in this city. And there's a lot of interesting topics to discuss and even debate a little bit about decisions that are made in the film industry. Um, you know, I, I really think there's a lot of interesting things happening there that reflect culture um, as, you know, arts and film can do. They often reflect where the world is right now. So it is an interesting thing to kind of get into those topics. So as I said, we will talk about that as well. We'll do movie reviews. It'll be a nice mix. So I want to just spend just a few minutes um, talking about why I'm doing this and, and who I am so everybody can, can know um, who is this person who's coming on and talking about movies. I am not an industry person. Um, I did not go to school for film. Um, I am a film fan. I watch movies all the time um i go weekly usually um during the uh during the year sometimes in the summer it's a little bit less um but for the most part um i go to see movies weekly um i love talking about movies i love talking about different types um different genres exploring different genres um discussing acting techniques discussing directing discussing plot and script um i come from a theater background I went to Queen's University for drama. I ran a youth uh, theater company where most people probably know me best from. Um, that group is called Blue Canoe Productions. It's still around today. I um, am no longer with the organization as it is a youth organization. And even though I founded it, I thought it was important to pass off um, to younger people and let them uh, get experience like I did in, in running an organization and directing shows and producing. So my background is really, I would say, you know, trained, quote unquote, in theater as I did go to school for it. And I did practically get a lot of experience. Um, I know how to market shows and produce theater. And I did a lot of directing and acting earlier on. Um, but I do think it's important that everyone knows I'm not coming from this as someone who is part of the film industry. There's lots of the but the film industry that I don't know anything about. Um, there's quite a bit that I do because I've done set visits. I've acted in two amateur films. 
um, both in, in smaller roles, but got a chance to actually see um, what, you know, being on a set was like. So, yeah, I, I'm a passionate person who who's has opinions on films just because I see a lot of them. Um, that's where I'm really coming from. And even though I, I do have a theater background, I don't consider myself an artist in any way. I consider myself just a, someone who loves to go to movies for entertainment. Um, I still would prefer to go to a movie uh, over uh overseeing a, a play <laughs> as, as funny as that sounds and, and I, I talk to people about this a lot and they're shocked when I say that um, I did theater for a very long time um, I didn't exactly come from a background of always going to theater theater I always went to theater with my parents when I was younger as I got older I did sort of go on my own here and there but if given the choice I would much rather see a movie go to a sporting event than I would to go to theater but as a necessity, while I was doing productions, while I was directing, I wanted to learn and absorb and try to go to as much as I could so I could see what was out there. I thought that was very important. Um, but it is something that is important to know about me and where I'm coming from with this show. With that being said, I am so excited to be here and to talk to all of you about movies. And as I said, we're going to get you involved in this show but before we do, uh, let's talk a little bit with my co-host, who's going to be joining me as much as possible, but probably for all of the movie review sections, because it's really good to have someone to bounce ideas off of and discuss with. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself uh, here uh, to the CFRC listening community? Cool. My name is Taylor, and... I like movies. <laughs> you like movies. Good. Well, then you've come to the right place. Um, so I kind of started the show off today by giving a little introduction um, as to who I am mm -hmm. and kind of why I chose to do a movie review show and a movie talk show. Um, do you want to kind of first talk a little bit about yourself, give give everyone a background, like who, who are you and, right. and why do you like talking about movies? Why do you love <laughs> movies? Um, well, I am a PhD student. So uh, I study um, essentially corporate-sponsored media. Mm. My research is centered around a specific corporation and their public relations during the 20th century. Um, my research doesn't have a lot to do with my love of movies, okay. although I do, <laughs> I do do um, I do research some of the company's movies and watch them and talk about mm. them. But they're corporate-sponsored, so they're not particularly great cool. <laughs> movies um why do i love movies gosh i don't know i grew up in a household that really liked movies okay. like i think um we've always had a subscription to like the movie channel mm, like hbo okay, okay so like every weekend like a movie was on not even like one movie just like continuous right. movies after each other so you're having constant movie nights having yeah. constant marathons yeah. cool. and like a lot of movies that like my friends didn't watch growing up nice. like my mom introduced me to all the movies she watched in the 80s and 90s so yeah like some of my favorite like informative movies like the crow like my friends only saw like later in life yeah. and i'm like i grew up with that movie yeah. i was like 10 yeah <laughs> that's so, awesome yeah so i guess like my mom would probably be like the mm. main reason why i'm into movies okay. and we just grew up watching them like i said um 
just a lot of the movie network. So it's funny watching movies later, yeah. like on DVD, yeah. and seeing how much was edited out. <laughs> yeah, they, they always cut out quite a bit yeah. when they do those uh, yeah. movie versions. Mm-hmm. So um, you were saying, like, you mentioned The Crow. So yeah. when you had, like, movie nights and you watched things on the movie network, you're talking about, like, everything. Like, you weren't, yeah. you weren't particularly, like, I'm a huge fan of this type of movie. Like, you just sort of watched whatever was on. I watched, like, on. yeah, essentially whatever was on TV, like, whatever my mom wanted to watch. So... There's a lot of movies that I don't like mm-hmm. that I watched a ton growing yeah. up. Like, yeah. I watched Twister, like, more than I can count, and I absolutely hate that movie. Wow, but... <laughs> okay. I think we have our first uh, debate on this show. Really? I Twister, yeah. Really? I don't... Well, I think I think the reason why I like Twister is I also watched it a lot um, as a kid, and it was a movie that, like, my family would watch. And, mm-hmm. and for, for me, I remember as a kid there were some movies that I would want to watch over and over again. And I don't think my parents were always a big fan of watching certain movies over and over again, but Twister was one of them that they would sit down and watch. So I think that it kind of has that good memory of, Mm. oh, the family would come and watch it. But I I think that Twister has its its good parts. I think it was a disaster movie before disaster movies got really horrible. Like I think at least it tried to be a real movie with an interesting plot, with interesting characters trying to be somewhat real. It's a little ridiculous, but it's also, I don't know, to me it's just fun, but that's kind of, that's my own thoughts on Twister. Why do you hate Twister? Let's talk about that. I don't know. I just, I, uh, my mom is also a big fan of disaster mm. yeah. TV shows. <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah. we watched a lot of, like, like, plane crash mm-hmm. TV shows, like, Black Box, like, Finding Out. So, anyways, I found all of that really dry. Oh, and so, okay. like, Twister yeah, is yeah. just, like. Another disaster. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so to be fair, I haven't given it a shot like okay. as an adult. Yeah. Like probably the last time I like was tangoing with Twister was yeah. like when I was fourteen. And that's hard when you're when you're sort of tainted with a thought of what a movie is or what yeah. something is when you're younger. It's hard to go back to that when you're older because mm-hmm. it's hard to like escape that feeling. So yeah, and and again, if you find disaster TV shows dry, yeah, <laughs> Twister's probably not for you. It didn't do it for me, and I also don't like more things that we watched growing up was a lot of like space movies, and mm. so like space movies have been ruined for me because oh, of like boy. Armageddon and like Apollo oh. thirteen or what? whatever. <laughs> Apollo thirteen, what Academy Award winning movie Apollo thirteen. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, like space geez. and disaster movies, not for well. me. Well, um, I, I'm reacting this way so everyone knows because you're actually going to join me on screening in Kingston yes. probably every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, so the plan is is for both of us to see sometimes the same movie and sometimes we're going to split the movies at the screening room uh, so we each can give a little review and thoughts on them. Uh, but just so everyone knows, we're going to have these discussions when we, we <laughs> apparently we have very different tastes in movies so far, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Um, I kind of talked a little bit in my intro um, and maybe you can give us your thoughts mm-hmm. on this um, about how two people can have a completely different opinion of a film and a movie, and that's okay. Neither one of them is wrong. Yeah. It's just their own perspective they're coming from. Do you want to kind of talk about like how you just even even in basic terms, like how do you right. when you're watching a movie, what what do you think about when you're thinking, oh, this is a good movie or this is a bad movie, and why? Like, what's kind of your thought process on all of that? Gosh, um, probably pacing is like the first. Okay. Thing. Like having watched a lot of movies and also being like, I guess, a millennial, our attention span, like my attention span has definitely like gone mm-hmm. downhill right. since I was younger. Um, so pacing is a big thing okay. for me. And so editing is also important to me. Okay. So, um, but a movie can have good pacing editing and still not be good. So okay. <laughs> I don't, okay. it's so subjective, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Of course it is very subjective. Yeah. And that's kind of 
the point um, of doing a show like this and, and having you come on mm-hmm. with me is is to show two points of view and how things can be subjective and how we can disagree. Um, I was hoping we'd agree more. Um, I can't believe you said Apollo, like Apollo 13. <laughs> like Armageddon, I can understand. I can excuse that because I feel like it's, it's sort of, to me, it's good in a bad way. Like right. it's not a great movie, but it's just kind of harmless fun. But Apollo 13, I think, is even – like you can even look at that just – as a good movie, very subjectively, even if you don't like science fiction, I mean that's a that's a Tom Hanks and that's a Ron Howard movie, and like I don't understand how could you not like? Okay, let's talk. So we've already talked about Twister for a few seconds. Yeah. So Apollo thirteen. What? So first of all, just because so far what I've learned about you, you watched movies a long time ago, and you you might not necessarily have revisited them. What was the last time? When was the last time you watched Apollo thirteen? Again, probably when I was fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. So okay. I, I should disclaimer like uh, all of these like space and disaster movies i'd never revisited because i hated them so much growing up okay so this is what i want you to do and whenever i bring up movies that i hate you can ask me to do this too i want you to to give apollo 13 a rewatch forget twister like that that's a genre thing you have to give apollo 13 a rewatch and then like like let's discuss this because i'm really interested your homework homework is apollo 13 give it a rewatch fair enough so um I kind of, with every guest I bring on the show, and sometimes you'll be here to do guest interviews with mm-hmm. me, and sometimes we'll, we might even split off and do interviews separately. Um, the first question I want to ask everyone is the question I'm going to ask you right now. What is your all-time favorite movie and why? The Secret Garden, 1994. The Secret Garden, okay. Okay, well, <laughs> so talk about that. Like, why? Why? Um, just like, you know, how people have, like, sense memories, like smell mm. and stuff, like, the Secret Garden to me is like the ultimate comfort movie. Okay. I watch it if I'm sad. Yeah. I watch it if it's raining. I watch it if I'm happy. I watch it if I'm homesick. Like everything about it, A, it's absolutely beautiful. Like filmed in like the English <laughs> countryside in a Victorian garden. Like, oh my gosh, little baby animals. A dream come true. So A, it's a beautiful movie just like cinematography wise. And then it's just like a really like beautiful story. About, you know, not to sound corny, but, like, overcoming odds. Mm. That's Mm. not even a good way to describe The Secret Mm. Garden. But essentially, like, Mary, like, learning how to cry. Like, oh, my gosh, so beautiful. Anyways, so I could gush about The Secret Garden. Definitely, like, a movie I rewatch probably, like, every six months. Okay, Like, if not more. Yeah. And it just, like, gets better and better. Even though it has things like, I hate, like, um, voiceovers. I hate voiceovers in movies. (laughs) (laughs) And it has it. It does, yeah. But I can overlook that because it's just... So beautiful. And yeah, I grew up watching it. It's like mm. one of those movies that like I've loved like from age like five until like 26. Like it's been with me. And I think it truly is like a beautiful movie. Yeah. And like the script is great. Pacing is good. Yeah. Secret cool. Garden, 1994. Okay. Great soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, movies need a good soundtrack. Yeah. For I study like, to yeah. it sometimes. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Study to it. Okay. So my next question is. Um, have you ever walked out of a movie because it was so bad or been close to like a movie that's so bad or like maybe the worst movie you can think of that you've ever seen that you were very close to walking out on or wanting to leave? I wanted to stop watching Antichrist. Okay. But the person I was seeing at the time wouldn't let me turn it (laughs) off. Okay. And then he wanted to stop Martyrs and I wanted to keep going but he made us turn off martyrs which i think is really unfair if you made me sit through antichrist you should have to sit through martyrs that seems fair to me yeah 
But anyways, we're not together anymore, and that's probably one of the reasons. <laughs> that, oh, okay, that's one of the reasons, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Antichrist definitely didn't want to finish, but did, mm-hmm. like, against mm-hmm. my will. Mm-hmm. And I never finished the remake of Funny Games. Remake isn't mm-hmm. a really good way to describe it. I wanted to, but for some reason, like, I think I had to, like, take a break. Okay. And then just, like, never went back to okay. it. Yeah. But those would be but those are not because they're bad mm-hmm. but because they were like such an intense yeah experience and again caligula that ex-boyfriend made us turn it off <laughs> because it was so bad but again i wanted to keep watching it i like i feel like i finish almost all movies that i start okay, okay. i'm trying to think of like a maybe like a couple like netflix movies sure. that like don't even like it's not even worth mentioning because they're so crummy. Yeah, and streaming is a little bit yeah. different anyway. It's kind of meant to turn off and go back yeah. to and turn off and go back to. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie or just stopped watching yeah. a movie because it was so bad. I usually try to finish it. But, yeah, I would say the same thing. Like Netflix is one of those things where – You're giving it a try, Yeah, you, know? you give it a try, and if you don't like it, it's kind of okay to step away. Definitely have never walked out of a movie theater. Yeah, me neither. Like, yeah. Net, like I've paid money. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to eat my popcorn. Yeah. Well, I don't care how bad a movie is. For the most part, there's something I can get out of it, except for The American. It was like, I don't know if you've seen that. No, that was George that. Clooney's movie, like, seven or eight years ago. I don't even remember. It It was the, I will say, I think it's the worst movie that's ever existed. But, but you finished it. Oh, I finished it. It was just boring and nothing happened. <laughs> um, and it wasn't even boring in like an interesting way. Yeah. Um, as not every movie has to have explosions or interesting um, events, but something does have to happen within mm-hmm. a movie. You have to have a character go through something or feel something or do something. He, I remember him cleaning a gun uh, and sitting in a room by himself, and then um, I think the movie ended. So, <laughs> so that was Clearly didn't make no. much of an impression. No, the popcorn was good, but that was about it. That's like, I feel like no matter what movie I see, if I'm in a theater, it's a good experience. Yeah, yeah. Like, that. Agreed. that's what I feel. Like, For even sure. if the movie, like, I don't remember the movie, like, two minutes after I watched it, like, being in the theater itself is an experience. Do you see movies by yourself at the theater? You know what? I've never done it. I have. It's fantastic. I think, well, like, with this show, I probably will yeah. end up doing it and i'm kind of i'm excited you're gonna see some obscure movies that it's hard to bring people to yeah (laughs) i've accepted that as well it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting uh to see that but okay cool so my last question that again i'm gonna ask everybody these questions um more has to do with movie genres is there a particular genre that you just can't get on board for for whatever reason probably like the superhero mania (laughs) i just like I don't know. I've never been like there. Like there are like a few exceptions. Like I've seen a couple Batman movies. Okay, like I yeah, grew up yeah. with like the animated series yeah, and like yeah. su- like the television show and loved it. Yeah, and like of I love yeah, like before, um yeah. I love the Tim Burton like mm-hmm. '90s Batman. Oh, yeah, but like absolutely. the current okay. like the Mar I think they call it the Marvel universe. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just yeah. think like um. I don't know, like, it's, like, kind of, like, not that candy's bad, but it's, like, you can also get a sweet tooth. And I feel like that's <laughs> how I describe the Marvel universe. Although, to be fair, I do like the Guardians of the Galaxies. Yep, that's a good movie. Yeah. But they feel, like, less, like, superheroes to me and almost yeah. more, like, a straight sci-fi. Yeah, that's kind of, like, a just sort of a Star Wars-type yeah. adventure movie in space, mm-hmm. a space opera. They're, like, movie. cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, well, and and I mean, you're bringing up an interesting thing that I actually like about specifically Marvel movies is that I think 
they stopped being one thing. Mm-hmm. They became different genres that happen to have superheroes. Right. And Guardians is a great example where it's basically a space opera or a sci-fi movie, but it's also a superhero movie. And they've started to do that now where they'll do a straight-up comedy, but it's with superheroes. Or they'll do a straight-up drama, but it's with superheroes. Right. Like That's when they're starting to branch out. So, yeah, I mean, I can see. I know a lot of people have that sort of superhero fatigue. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of those movies personally, but again, that's, that's fair. I also do hand. have a prejudice like Marvel versus DC. Okay. So, like, again, like, I'm more like, I would be inclined more to see, like, a Batman yeah. movie. Yeah, Which a lot of people, um, I think, still are. Yeah. Even, yeah, even though the recent Batman stuff has not been great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I th- I'd say that's, that's probably still yeah. a pretty popular opinion. I know there's lots of people um, who even aren't huge comic book fans but they know who batman is they yeah know who superman is because they also had movies in the 70s and 80s like mm-hmm. they had big movies that came out um so i think that there's still that sense of sense of like remembering what those yeah. were like and wanting to see success there mm-hmm. so okay this is great i mean it sounds like we have a lot of things that we're going to argue about on it's this good show. for it's the audience they can oh, go to me great. for certain reviews and go to you for other reviews <laughs> exactly you know what I yeah mean? yeah and then you know then they can see both of us uh try to figure out what the other person's thinking <laughs> which is gonna be interesting um okay so let's talk a little bit more about um things you want to see happen on this show yeah for sure um, as i was sort of saying you're going to be joining us uh pretty much weekly you'll yeah. be with me for all the reviews and um kind of talking about the different movies we see at the screening room um is there anything that you're hoping to to see on this show do you have thoughts for uh maybe talk a little bit about uh how we kind of came to meet and and do this right. show talk about your ideas as well mm-hmm. um uh, for what you want to see this show yeah. yeah so we came together because i initially put a proposal for my own movie review mm-hmm. show which mm-hmm. was like pretty much the exact same format like <laughs> yeah. we i was just gonna banter with my best friend about the movies that i had seen most recently the only difference was that it wouldn't just be like screening room movies it would be kind of like mm-hmm. a collection of whatever i was watching mm-hmm. um and then like through a series of emails, <laughs> we got in touch and we both, I think, vibed. Like we wanted to do the same thing. We wanted to watch movies and we wanted to talk about movies <laughs> and um, we wanted to bring that to an audience. Um, so that's essentially like what I'm looking for in a show is that um, sort of a uh, an amateur's view of film. Because yeah, like absolutely. by no means am I like a film expert. Like yeah. I've taken a couple of film studies courses, but like it's not my like uh, realm of expertise. Like I'm just a diehard fan, awesome. and I think you are too. Yeah, I'm the exact same. Yeah, for sure. So it's great to have like two people who just really like movies talk about movies, and hopefully the people who are gonna listen also feel the same way. So it's just kind of like a community of like cinephiles <laughs> just getting together and just having a chat. Hopefully that's what I'm looking forward to, and mm-hmm. it's great to showcase the screening room. I think it's yeah. a great. Um, community establishment like it's more than just a movie theater like it's become like a hub um so i'm just excited to make more of an effort like i've always like i normally um kind of pick and choose the movies i'm seeing at the Mm -hmm. screening room so Mm -hmm. i'm really excited to kind of like go out of my comfort zone and maybe see some of those 
disaster yeah. movies. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that I hate so much. I don't know how much of those will come to the That's screening fair. room. But, but again, yeah, no, I, I think you bring up a really good point about the screening room. We're going to be reviewing and talking about movies that I think, for the most part, the general public might not get a yeah. chance to see or might not try. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, if we get a couple people saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, this sounds good, I'm going to give it a shot, um, then that's, I think, great. Um, there's also room on the show to talk about other things. I think that yeah. we'll, it, when the bigger movies come out or the, certainly the Oscar movies, I think we'll have a lot of fun talking about that as well. But yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think there's a chance for, for both of us to go out of our comfort zone and see a wide range of movies that maybe we wouldn't actually have not yeah. seen ourselves. Um, and I really like your point about just amateurs talking about movies. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of the power that that film and art can have is to be interactive. And even if it's not interactive by way of, uh, you know, people are jumping off the screen and coming uh, up to you, but it's interactive in the sense that they're saying and doing something and we're responding mm-hmm. to it, whether it be the way we feel or the way we think about it. So yeah, that's going to be really interesting to, to do. Um, okay. So the last thing I want to do with you before we, uh, kind of end things off is I want to throw a couple headlines at you okay. and get your opinions on. <laughs> now, it's okay if you don't know the people or the situation. Right. Like, we can pass anything that you're like, I have no idea who mm-hmm. that is. Um, but there's some interesting things happening in, in movie news, and I kind of want to do this maybe before or, or after our reviews each yeah. week. I might throw headlines out and just kind of get uh, your opinions and thoughts on. So the first cool. one is... Um, do you know Damien Chazelle? So he directed La La Land, uh, Whiplash, and he has a new movie with Ryan Gosling called First Man that's coming out. About the moon landing. Yes, about the moon landing. Yeah. So Damien Chazelle has done those three movies. In La La Land, did you see that one when it came out? Hated it. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I'm not a huge fan of La La Land either. But anyway, so Damien Chazelle uh, directed those movies, and him and uh, so Ryan Gosling said in, in an article recently that he would like to be in a Batman movie directed by Damien Chazelle. Do you have any thoughts on that? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like my Batman dark but funny. Okay. So that's why I like the Tim Burton ones. Yeah, like yeah. a little bit more campy, yeah. like a throwback to like the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um. Could he do that with Ryan Gosling? It depends on who Ryan Gosling's playing, first yeah, of all. Yeah, is he Batman would be my I first I see him question. as like the Riddler or the <laughs> yeah, Joker. Yeah, I don't see him as Batman. He's definitely a villain. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen enough of the the director's work to be able to judge it. Like, I think he's only had a handful of movies. Like, those are like the three mainstream ones, but yeah. I don't think he's done a lot else. I know, like Whiplash is like, that's the roller derby one, right? Uh, no, that's uh, Whiplash oh, is the, the dr- movie. drummer drumming movie. Yeah, it's another movie just Gritty. like All Land about a guy who's obsessed with jazz. Jazz did something to Jamie, Damien Chazelle, and I don't know what it was. Good but, or bad? Yeah, good or bad. I don't know. He's obsessed with it. I, mean, I don't know if, like, first man Neil Armstrong is actually obsessed with jazz, too. I don't know. Or the moon. Or the moon. Yeah, he's just obsessed with the moon. And So maybe if Batman is obsessed with justice, he can kind of, yeah. you know, jazz becomes justice in the Batman. And maybe, maybe Ryan Gosling would play a new villain. Like okay. jazz hands or something. <laughs> like something where he's just, like, a crazy jazz musician. Well, like... Um, Oh, shoot. The Riddler. Who played that? He's in the new show about... Anyways. Oh, the, oh the, like Jim Carrey yeah. when he played the Riddler? Jim Carrey yeah. kind of has that like physicality oh, that absolutely. I think Ryan Gosling could. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think could definitely so. see, like, 
I have no doubts that Ryan Gosling could be in a Batman movie, mm-hmm. but again, I can't make a judgment call on that director. Just not as Batman, though. Like, no, I just don't see him not. as Batman. No, yeah. he's a villain. Yeah, that's what I think so, too. It's the same with, I think, someone, I can't remember, this was probably just a rumor, but someone somewhere said that Leonardo DiCaprio, after he won his Oscar, mm. wanted to do a villain role in a superhero movie, like a Batman yeah. or something. Because, again, I could see that because he's he's such a good actor. I could see... He's got the Jack Nicholson yeah, vibe. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's got kind of that, like, a little bit quirky, a little mm-hmm. bit weird, and that kind of works for the villains but just doesn't really work to be batman like i yeah. don't think leonardo dicaprio could play batman like it just like would be weird yeah no i yeah. wouldn't okay and i love leo like i'm a yeah. leo fan yeah. but definitely not a batman yeah okay cool okay um so the the next kind of uh thing that's going on um just in terms of movie going so um there's been sort of this streaming versus going to the movies. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a big thing right now. So a lot of companies are actually starting to try to do both. Yeah. So for where they they take a movie and it's being released. I think actually the movie that we're going to be talking about later um, is, uh, is a movie that's on screenings um, by way of you can download it, you can yeah. get it on streaming networks. And you can go to see it in the theaters. So what right. do you think about that of of theaters kind of, I don't want to say combating, but trying to keep up with screening by saying, yes, you can watch this at home, but you can also now watch it in the theater as opposed to it being separate movies that some you can only see in theaters, some you can only see in streaming. I don't really get wh- why you do it simultaneously. Like, yeah. is that are they doing it simultaneously? Like, I haven't read about. Yeah. That. So, um, the idea is that a movie that would debut on Netflix would also open in theaters, as opposed I think to it should open be in delayed. theaters. That- yeah. Okay. I one hundred percent like I know like Manchester by the Sea is an mm-hmm. Amazon movie, yeah. right? So yeah. that like did the whole like Oscar circuit in theaters, yep. blah blah blah, and then a couple months later, you can now stream on Amazon Prime. No problem with yeah, that. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense to me. I think it's a cash grab by studios or mm-hmm. I guess like streaming services yeah. if they're the ones who are producing the yeah. film. Like, I don't know. That seems shady. Like, I'm a – I, our little theaters are struggling. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like – and it should be sort of a – mutually beneficial relationship between theaters and like production houses i think and at this point like definitely not like it, it just seems like the streaming services are it's like a win-win for them yeah but like not for the theaters yeah. so definitely like pro movies ending up on streaming services mm-hmm. like that way we like can avoid piracy and stuff Absolutely. but like there has to be some sort of delay I don't know. It doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah. I, the, when I read that, I kind of thought the exact same thing as you. It didn't really make sense. Yeah. I mean, to me, again, I'm, I'm, I want to support theater, so mm-hmm. I would go. But to the average moviegoer, they might say, well, why would I leave my house and pay you know, $12 to yeah. go see a movie? Why, why wouldn't I just now watch it at home? Like, I think the delayed makes sense. Like, exactly what Manchester by the Sea mm-hmm. did. Okay, you, you see it in theaters. We're going to do a short run. And then because of budgetary restrictions, it now has to go to streaming because yeah. they just don't have the money. Okay, that makes sense. But at least it started in theaters and you could see it. Like, Manchester by the Sea came to the screening room. Like, yeah. little independent theaters can pick it up. So, yeah, that, that definitely was what I was thinking. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so we're going to uh, head to a break now. Um, and when we come back... Uh, Taylor and I are going to talk about a movie that we saw at the screening room. So we will be right back on Screening in Kingston on CFRC. Marketing your business or promoting your event can be complicated and costly in both the digital world and broadcast media. Fortunately for your business, CFRC offers you no-fuss advertising at incredibly affordable rates. 
To learn how to reach your audiences with our tailored advertising, contact sales and marketing coordinator Mike Shepard at business at cfrc.ca. The art of a grilled cheese sandwich is more than just cheese and bread. Come down to Meltdown Kingston, your source for gourmet grilled cheese, a comfort from home that you just can't recreate anywhere else. Our classic sandwiches offer a mouth-watering experience like no other. With daily specials, you can try a new flavor every day. Try our mac and cheese, a classic taste in sandwich form. A jalapeno rancher for that touch of spice. A classic pulled pork for those meat lovers out there. And don't forget to make it a combo with our famous cheesy fries. Use promo code CFRC1019 to receive 10% off in-store purchases at Meltdown. Find us at 292 Princess Street, right near the corner of Clergy and Princess Street. Taste comfort with Meltdown. Okay, welcome back to Screening in Kingston. So we're going to chat a little bit uh, about a movie um, that one of us saw and the <laughs> other did not. Um, so I I did not see this movie. Uh, I have to admit, I just did not have time. There were so few screenings of mm-hmm. it. I thought there were screenings when there wasn't. Um, so I wasn't able to see the movie. But normally we'll each have seen several but this is the first show so yeah. i would start with one movie so uh why don't you tell us what you saw well first off there will be later showings of mandy okay, so great. listeners should you like my review please go see mandy later this week but um okay so i saw mandy and it was unlike anything i have ever seen before which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It was just quite um, the experience. So I would say that this movie is definitely going to appeal to a very specific audience. Mm. It's not for the casual movie viewer, as my boyfriend really let me know. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like it's for the casual no, viewer. Like no. For the most part, I'm a little surprised um, when people go to the screening room, as an mm-hmm. example, and they, I've seen this happen where people leave halfway through. <laughs> if you see any preview, if you read anything about this film, you would know that it's not for the casual yeah. goer. It's a little bit of an art house different mm-hmm. film. So coming out of it, you felt exactly the same. Like, this is not for the casual movie yeah. goer. Yeah, yeah. You have proof of that because mm-hmm. you have a casual movie goer <laughs> with you. <laughs> and he did not like no, it. No, okay. <laughs> he gave it, like, maybe less than one star, I think, well. was his review. But I wouldn't – I would be definitely way more generous with this film. And I would definitely um, – the uh, even just uh, seeing who was going to the movies – is kind of different than I would mm. say the regular screening room demographic. Yeah. I thought that the crowd was a lot more metal fans, really? which the movie, if you're a metal fan, you will like this movie. <laughs> and so odd. if I had to do like a Venn diagram, yeah. I would say Nicolas Cage fans, metal fans, art house cinema. And if you fall in the middle of that, this is probably going to be your favorite movie. Do you know a, a metal Nicolas Cage art house fan? They were there that they night. They were there. Wow. Okay. So they <laughs> exist. They exist. They were cheering. Well, I wouldn't say go so far as to say cheering, but they were like laughing and stuff where I was like, are you supposed to laugh? Like I've never, I'm not like a Nicolas Cage mm. viewer, so I don't really know like how you're supposed to engage with his performances, but like these people were engaging in his performances, I think how the Mm. director wanted them to. So I would say like those people probably, I mean, obviously I didn't run up to them and ask what their (laughs) opinions were, but they seemed to be enjoying themselves. And I certainly enjoyed myself. Um, But it was just, it was definitely a weird, a weird experience. Beautiful to watch. Mm. 
Um, also very gory. So I would like warn listeners that if you don't like any sort of um, revenge flicks, this is like your kind of quintessential like grindhouse mm. um, revenge flick. So okay. like if you're not accustomed to that, if you don't like exploitation films, definitely stay away from this one. Okay. Um, but again, like that's not um, a negative. Some people absolutely go crazy <laughs> for ex- exploitation films. And by all means, like this is almost um, – like, you can definitely see the throwbacks to the 70s and 80s cool. in this movie, which is – it is a cool movie. Yeah. Um, but, like, there, he does some really – the director, and I apologize, I forget his name. Um, he made some very interesting sort of um, lighting choices, kind of mm. more like exper- – I would say it was more uh, experimental in some places. Um, there was, like – they cut in animation like the dream sequences were animated so um yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) like straight straight up animation yeah like 1980s like animation from like the only way i could describe the animation is it kind of looks like you know how they used to like spray paint vans okay with like mythological scenes and like naked women with swords (laughs) that's what this animation looks like oh okay (laughs) So, yeah. I'm just looking up the director as kind of we chat, and he really hasn't done anything. There's there's one other movie kind of listed under his directing credit, which looks like was also a very small movie called Beyond the Black Rainbow. Um, so it looks like relatively new director. Yeah. And I had never I had never heard of him. I think he's a son of a director. Okay. So I don't know, like, yeah, but... So give us the non-spoiler, not giving anything away, just quick plot summary. If someone's listening to the show today and, and they're wondering, well, actually, I've, I've never seen a trailer to this. I don't even mm-hmm. know what this is. I didn't know this was coming to the screen room. What would be your non-spoiler plot summary, having watched the whole movie? Right. What is this movie about? So um, Nicholas Cage and his wife live in the woods. I don't really remember like what the woods are. It's America. <laughs> they okay. live in the woods in like a like kind of like a cabin. Okay. And they're like very much in love. And then um, a cult comes to the woods, and Nicolas Cage is driven to sort of revenge. Oh. <laughs> for reasons. Yes, for Great. reasons. I don't want to. I mean, yeah. it's it's like pretty evident. Like if sure. you read any sort of basic plot synopsis, you're gonna know why he's driven to revenge. But yeah. I don't want to give any spoilers away. But uh, it's. I, it's a revenge movie. So Nicolas Cage. Tell yes. me about Nicolas Cage. How was the performance of Nicolas Cage in this movie? I've read some reviews where they're like, this is Nicolas Cage at his most unhinged. It's Marlon Brando <laughs> screaming Stella on steroids. And I'm like, well, I personally have not seen a lot of Nicolas Cage, mm. so I don't really have like a – I can't give you a gauge of how unhinged <laughs> Nicolas Cage was, but I can tell you he made some very interesting acting choices. Okay, well, he always does. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I don't understand why directors indulge him, but I guess I guess he's almost become like a meme of himself. Yeah, and like directors want what Nicolas Cage is giving, but I just think when everyone else is giving like a kind of almost like a naturalistic performance, and there's there's Nicolas Cage, Cage. <laughs> he's like at one point like chugging vodka this is not a spoiler but at one point he's in a washroom chugging vodka and just like screaming like an animal and it's like it was just it was just weird it was (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, it's funny you you describe that, and I and I go, yeah, it sounds like Nicolas Cage. So I think, <laughs> sounds, I think sounds about right. Anyone who's a fan of Nicolas Cage mm. or has seen his body of work will be like, yes, this is Nicolas Cage, and maybe it's at his, his best. Most cagey, yeah, yeah. his yeah. most cagey. That's yeah. a good way yeah. to describe it. Well, I mean, it, there's a debate that I've always seen on on different uh, movie blogs or or YouTube channels that cover movies mm. where people talk about whether or not Nicolas Cage is a good actor yes. or not. Do you have an answer to that having to seen this movie? Like, is he because if they're saying it's his most unhinged, a lot of people would look at that as like, is that, you know, an actor really coming back to their roots is what makes them mm-hmm. so interesting. This is an art house film, a little different. But are you in your mind? Are you going out of this movie going like, well, Nicolas Cage is such a dedicated, great actor. He deserves an Oscar. Yeah, he deserves another <laughs> Oscar. He already has one. Oh, wow. He is an, he is an Oscar award-winning, Academy Award-winning actor for, for Best Actor. What movie was it? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I will find out. Um, because I, I, I remember looking this up, actually, recently because I was, I was so um, – not concerned. I was about to say I was so concerned. No, I was more confused that Nicolas Cage has actually won an Oscar, but he has. Well, he he can like reign in the performances. Like he was like he's been in like Raising Arizona. Like he's been in more or less like straight movies, like straight dramas. Yeah, I guess. Leaving Las Vegas. That's what okay. he won Best Actor in a Leading Role in 1995. And that that's a you know that's a pretty straightforward movie i guess yeah. <laughs> if that's what you want to say but it certainly is he's not in my opinion in that role and he was nominated as well for another one which i didn't realize adaptation in, in 2002 so yeah i mean that's that's interesting because he is like you you were kind of saying he's kind of an unhinged actor and you're not too sure why directors indulge him but he ha- i mean he did win an academy award and was nominated so if he, that's, maybe he knows what he's doing yeah if that's the bar we measure actors on yeah. He's hit that bar? Like, well, I guess. I remember reading um, an article about, um, like, a film critic going mm-hmm. to uh, sort of, like, a programming, like, a Midnight Madness of Nicolas Cage. It was, yeah. like, 13 hours of Nicolas Cage, and he was kind of ruminating, like, why is he popular? And that's not really the main point of what I'm trying to say. But anyways, in that article, he quoted um, David Lynch, who, like, thinks that um, Nicholas Cage is like one of our finest actors of the generation. So I think like that says something. Like David Lynch, David Lynch, yeah, who like is a phenomenal director, but who makes very interesting choices with his actors. Yeah, how definitely. he would name Nicholas Cage as like one of the greats. Yeah. So, well, I don't. I mean, I don't know his motivations, and I'm also not an actor, hmm. so like I can't be like Nicholas Cage. Like, let's top shop. Like, what is your <laughs> like? What's your method? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know if any actor can sit down with <laughs> Nicholas Cage and say, "What's your method?" Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So Maybe I, I don't know. Are we being really unfair, to Nicholas Cage? I mean, he's not listening. Like, it's yeah, fine. he's like, never gonna. Can... He's not gonna call me up and be like, no. "Taylor, you were so." <laughs> Maybe unfair. he is listening though. I don't know. Maybe he's one of the, he loves feedback. And... I don't know. Constructive feedback. So, so you're you're on the fence here about where well, how you're how you feel about Nicolas Cage overall. I mean, like I think, I think he can like give a like a more natural performance, mm. like a more mainstream performance. The only movie I think I've seen him in is War Dogs. It's the one when he's dealing essentially weaponry, and I think Jared Leto's in that movie too. And he gives like a, a straight performance in that, and it's just kind of a typical sort of drama action. Um, so I've seen him be like quote unquote normal, but like what's normal, right? Oh yeah, He's exactly. An artist. Yeah, I mean, I, I there's so many. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix seems yeah, like a very strange yeah. person, but also delivers phenom- phenomenal 
mm-hmm. performances. So yeah, I mean, what is normal is yeah. a question in society. I think we face all the time, and no one really has an answer to it. We just know Nicolas Cage is something. We don't know what yeah. it is, but he's something. He's like you know, in the again, I would put him in the category of like David Lynch, just like they're mm. their own, they're their own, their thing. own thing, yeah. and they're I would say maybe Nicolas Cage is an artist before mm-hmm. he's an actor. So to wrap up, I don't like giving um, sort of a rating at the end. Right. Because I think people end up only listening to the rating, and I feel like yeah. the, the discussion we're having and what you're saying, people should be listening mm-hmm. to more. But to summarize, um, I do want to kind of end each review we do with a sort of um, see it, stream it, skip it sort of okay. rating, where you say um, – and in, in, in this particular scenario, go as detailed as you want. If there's certain people who like certain types of mm-hmm. things, they might want to do one, two, or yeah. three. But see it if you think – do you think this is a can't-miss theater experience? Can you wait until it's on a streaming service or at home to watch it? Or do you think, eh, no one's going to like it, just skip the movie? I would say um, if you're into – like what I listed before, like if you're into metal, into Nicolas Cage, into Art House, this is definitely seed in theaters. Yeah. I can definitely see this movie being programmed at like a Midnight Madness. For sure. Like, and this is going to be someone's favorite movie out there. Someone is going to list this as their favorite movie and they'll like line up to see it. Like, at, like And they're not wrong to do so. Exactly. I mean, if someone likes this movie, then they like it. That's great. And I would say just like as like an end to my review like look out for the cheddar goblins because they were the best thing that has ever happened well, to me I don't know what but that means. <laughs> if you um don't like the things i mentioned earlier then skip it okay. but i wouldn't necessarily say this is a streaming movie this is a movie okay. that you need to engage with like with other people in the theater Interesting. okay um and just kind of like you need that sort of like pack mentality um while watching it so it's either cool. see it in theaters or skip it Cool. And uh, just so everyone does know, um, like Taylor said, there are some more performances right now of that movie um, on at the screening room Wednesday and Thursday this week at 8.10. There are uh, a couple more showings. But remember, the screening room does change over um, on Fridays. So usually on Thursdays, they release a new schedule. So there might be more um, viewings that you can go see and check out uh, Mandy. So there you go. That's uh, the first review on screening in Kingston. Thanks, Taylor, for doing that. Thanks for letting me go see it. It was something. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I'm glad. And and as I said, uh, next week, probably what we'll do is is Taylor and I will look at the schedule each week. We might decide uh, to see the same movie. We might decide to see different movies. Um, So next week, you'll probably get a couple reviews, a little bit shorter. We let this one go a little longer because I think there was a lot to talk about mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, but uh, next week we will definitely be reviewing a few movies. So you can definitely uh, check that out. Yeah. Okay, everyone. So now we're going to have a little fun to end off the show. This is a segment that I've been thinking about uh, since I decided to do the show. It's called Not a Great Plan. Not a Great Plan. That's right. It's Uh, Tony Stark speaking there from the first Avengers movie. So that's Robert Downey Jr. playing that role. We're going to do Not a Great Plan. So Taylor has brought uh, a couple headlines and things going on in the movie news world. uh, And we're going to hear them now and see what Tony Stark thinks about them. So go ahead. Eminem knew he shouldn't have said homophobic slur on new song. Still did it anyway. Not a great plan. Trump jokes about David Lynch's career being over after comments on his presidency. Not a great plan. Fans react to Dr. Phil singing with Good Charlotte. Quote, I want out of the simulation immediately. (laughs) Not a great plan. 
Sean Penn says salacious Me Too movement will divide men and women. Not a great plan. Okay, so let's talk about that one. <laughs> yeah, Sean Penn, you're really qualified to be speaking on the Me Too. He's movement. been accused by quite a few women. As Definitely far Madonna as I know. Okay. and his um, now ex-wife, who mm-hmm. is oh, I forget her name, um, Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Oh, Robin. Yeah, he was Wright. married, and I'm pretty sure he she accused him of. Wow. They were together for a very long time. I mean, accusations and everything aside, I mean, like when someone accuses, I think the most important thing that everyone does is listen, right? Like yep. that, that was the problem that mm-hmm. wasn't happening is no one was listening to people. Um, and then you investigate and you find out what's going on and then the allegations turn into whatever it needs to turn into. But Sean Penn, why are you commenting <laughs> on this? Like if you're if you're accused of something, no one wants to hear from you. Like, no, this is no. what are you doing? Like what what possible reason could you have? For, for saying anything. It's like Woody Allen, like, chiming in on the Me Too <laughs> yeah. event. Like, please, just sh- go away. <laughs> just last night, I watching the pre-show for the Emmys or whatever, um, I uh, I found out more about um, about Woody Allen. I didn't yeah. realize he, he like, m- is now married to someone his, his wife had adopted or something. Like, it's and very he strange. Ra- and he, like, helped co-raise in the house. Like initially when they were together. So he was with his now ex-wife when she adopted his current wife. Correct. Wow. Like I think she may have um I don't know if he didn't like adopt with um Mia Farrow, but like the child was in the house okay. when like gotcha. Woody Allen began dating gotcha. Mia Farrow. Okay. And so and Mia Farrow found out about the affair because there was nude photographs of the then like teen on Woody um on Woody's mantelpiece on his like his in the house in the house he had them publicly displayed new photos of Mia Farrow's daughter I mean at this time I think she was I mean I don't want to be like oh she was 18 so it's fine like it's not fine at all she may have even been underage in these photographs but anyways I could talk a long time about how crazy the Woody situation is I'm so shocked right now and I don't know what to say. And this doesn't make for good radio. So no, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. You have, you have another headline. I do. I do. I do. So take, take us through the, uh, the, the next headline. Okay. Here's our first look at Joaquin Phoenix's terrifying normcore Joker. Not a great plan. Yeah, this is interesting. And, and it's kind of an interesting story of, of the whole DC universe and what's going on mm-hmm. there. Um, for those of you who don't follow it, um, it looks like they're going to have these solo movies yeah. that are not really part of any sort of universe. It's just going to tell these little standalone. stories. Standalone. Um, so I guess that Joaquin Phoenix is going to play a, an early Joker, which is interesting. Yeah, he has like a different name. It's not based in canon. Okay. Like, um, it's like a new origin story. So like, as far as I know, it's not related mm. to any of the current mythology about mm. the Joker. Like, he has a different name. He comes back to Gotham in order to, like, look after a dying mom. And um, listeners, definitely do yourself a favor and, like, look up what Joaquin Phoenix looks yeah. like. He literally looks, like, just so normal. He's wearing, like, a plaid shirt, brown corduroy jacket. Yeah. yeah. Not anything, like juxtapose it with like uh <laughs> jared leto's oh, yeah <laughs> joker yeah. completely okay. different take okay. and we'll uh we'll make sure to send this out on our uh social media mm-hmm. handles which i'll kind of get to at the end of the show um but we'll send this picture out too so people can can take a look at it but yeah it's interesting that 
I mean, I think we were chatting quickly before about everyone kind of has in their own mind what their Joker yeah. is. And I had always seen, you know, the Joker as being somebody that the look can change a lot. And mm-hmm. the, it's the idea of the Joker that makes the Joker interesting. But the thing I'm worried about, and I, I kind of want your take on this, because I am a little concerned that because of who the Joker is as a character, the more I learn about him, the less scary and intimidating he will be, which I find happens when you learn about things. Like, I really think the best horror movies are the movies where you rarely see the monster Mm, or the whatever it is. The unknown. Yeah, the unknown, because I I think the imagination of what something Mm -hmm. is is so much worse than reality, Um, which is, again, why we were also talking before, why I think it's important to talk about everything, even things that are sensitive, even things that maybe cause people to uh, be uncomfortable it's still i think important to find an outlet to communicate and talk because it your imagination and what's in your head is so generally worse mm-hmm. for you than than what's out there that i think sometimes you need to you just need an outlet whether it's yeah. a good friend or someone to talk to so i find that when it comes to characters and scary things because i find the joker scary and intimidating the more i find out about him am i gonna be sort of like oh that's interesting he was a comedian who failed and yeah. now he's sad like i don't yeah. is that really scary or interesting mm-hmm. like what's what's your take on that like do you want to know more about the joker i think a villain can be interesting and um not i don't want to say like sympathetic but like i think a villain can be interesting without having their backstory like i don't think we need to be i don't think we need to sympathize with the villain mm. in order to find them interesting and to like quote unquote like like them like i think of like um one of my favorite television shows is Hannibal, which obviously has a great, like, rich mythology. And, like, in the television show, um, one of the characters says, like, what happened to you, Hannibal? And he said, nothing happened to me. Like, I happened. Which I think is, like, more a more interesting take on a villain. It's like, no, his backstory yeah. doesn't matter. Like, he's eating people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. need to be like, oh, Hannibal, like, your story was so sad. So, yeah, like, yeah. I don't, like... I don't really want to sympathize with the Joker. <laughs> like, again, like, how lame of a backstory. Like, you're a failed stand-up comedian. Yeah. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. So um, I guess I'm with you. Like, I don't need a backstory in order to enjoy. And then sometimes the backstory is going to detract from the villain. Yeah. The totally. villain. Totally. Awesome. Cool. So that that was not a great plan. That was our segment. We'll be trying to do this as much as possible. I think that was yeah. a lot of fun. That was kind yeah. of cool. Some interesting things in there <laughs> that uh, were brought up. Um, so now we're we're coming to the end of the show and we're done. That's yeah. that's episode one. Fun. Um, so just a few quick things uh, as we wrap up. I do want to let everyone know that this show is going to be um, very much like you've seen today based upon opinions and thoughts of other people. So we want to hear from you. So here's a couple ways that you can get involved. First of all, we are on social media this show. So Screening in Kingston is the name of the show. Screening in Kingston is all you have to search on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Screening in YGK is the handle. Um, you can also use the hashtag Screening in YGK, which we'll use to send out thoughts um, and to gather opinions. Or you can email us at screeninginkingston at gmail.com. So three ways to get involved. Follow us on social media at Screening in YGK. Use the hashtag screening in YGK whenever you have thoughts or questions, direct message them to us, that type of thing, or send us an email to screeninginkingston at gmail.com. We will read your questions and thoughts on air. If you saw Mandy, let us know what you thought, and maybe Taylor can respond to some of your opinions next week. 
Um, if you have something to say about one of our headlines, if you have something to maybe a headline yourself that you want to send in that oh, you think is not a great plan. Yeah, wouldn't that be great <laughs> if someone just sends in a, yeah. this is what I think is going on that's weird. Um, send those in to us as well. Um, but otherwise, tune in on CFRC 3 to 4 p.m. every single Tuesday. You'll be able to download the podcast, I think, the same night or maybe the next day, but we'll look into that. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You definitely can uh, stream online after the fact as well um, as CFRC archives everything. Um, any closing thoughts from you, Taylor? No. Just just enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> just enjoy. Go see movies. Go to the screening room. Uh, this has been Screening in Kingston. I'm Mike. That's Taylor. Uh, we will see you next week, um, hopefully with you seeing and trying uh, maybe Mandy. Uh, yeah, try go, it out. Yeah, try it out. Go go see it. Um, we will go see some movies at the screening room this week. Um, we hope to see you there. Goodbye for now. Bye.